Anime Pulse, episode everyone, and welcome to another episode. I am your host, Joseph Martin, and joining me today, I have a special guest, one of the uh, few members who have thrown their hat into the ring to try for the position of co-host. Uh, why don't you do, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, this is Adrienne, aka Hachimaki, on the forums. Uh, I think I will go through uh, all th the whole story of my life, but before could uh, make a small summary. Uh, you could say, as a co-host, that I'm a bit of uh, the opposite of Rio. Like, I'm, I'm more of a, a prudish dude. You, you couldn't count on me uh, to record the After Dark version, version 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm also not a fan of uh, Helsing, uh, sorry. Uh, no, no crush on, uh, on Walter at all. <laughs> uh, and unlike both of you, I'm not a creative person. Uh, I have more of a scientific background. Um, also, you could say I'm, re I'm lucky, I'm rather uh, healthy so far. There is no co-host uh, curse uh, for the time being. Uh, I'm a, a core PC gamer who tries to, to play a, a bit of everything. And uh, what is special here is that I'm, I'm living in Belgium. don't know if everybody knows about Belgium. It's from the, on the other side of the, of the pond. You make, uh, you make the waffles, <laughs> right? Belgian waffles? That's it, yes. <laughs> and uh, a special part of Belgium, the leech waffles. don't know if you've heard of, of this one. Never heard of that. This with some, some nice pieces of, of sugar in it. Maybe that's the one you know. <laughs> so in Belgium, in the center of Europe, uh, the, the source of part, uh, we speak uh, French, so Wallonia, and the northern part, no northern part, they speak uh, Dutch, so Flanders. Um, in my case, I work in the, in the middle, uh, in the, the hellhole, as uh, uh, Donald Trump uh, calls it. That's the, 
our main city. I don't know if you if you've heard that he call he calls it that way. I didn't hear about that, <laughs> but uh, he says a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> so and my job here in in the main town in uh, in Brussels. Uh, that's uh, checking if uh, pesticides are safe or not uh, for the environment, like for uh, fish, uh, bees, uh, and so on. Oh. Like, yeah, it's, uh, I check if uh, when you spray uh, on your field your, your pesticide, like on your, your potato plants, uh, will it have uh, an impact on the earthworms that live in the soil beneath uh, or not? So I think that's it for the, the summary. Like now, if you, if we want to, to go back to uh, the beginning, like <laughs> when I started uh, watching some anime, sure. maybe maybe it was when I was around uh, ten years old. Um, there there were some episodes on uh, on TV like Dragon Balls, uh, Senseiya, some episode of this anime. Mm-hmm. A few years later, uh, some some Pokemon. Remember, almost only of these three. Uh, at that that time, started uh, gaming on Game Boy, uh, NES, PlayStation. Later, uh, I I read a, a lot of books. Um, back in those days, I have a, a librarian mom, so it was. Never a, pro- a, a problem to get some uh, free books. Uh, and back in those days, I watched uh, a movie almost every night. So later, when I became a when I became a teenager, I I stopped uh, watching anime on TV at all. Um, my best friend uh, made me transition to PC, so I, I cared less and less about consoles and. Uh, no, uh, not anymore, at all. Mm. Uh, when I was 18, like my friends started watching uh, anime fansubs, and uh, I don't know if it was the same in the in the USA, but uh, it was in um, 2005 maybe. Uh, fansubbing was buzzing, uh, even even in f- with French fansubs. It was it was a whole community, mm-hmm. and it was justi- justified because it was the the only way you can access to to all of this anime, at least in a reasonable reasonable time. Uh, now it's not really justified so much anymore because of how it's uh, easily accessible at low cost. Um, but back in the days, it, it, it took me some time to get convinced to to watch my first uh, fan sub, because uh, I thought, what's the point of sitting behind a computer if it's just for, for watching uh, a video? Like for me, PC time was gaming time. But uh, when when I got finally convinced, I started watching. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, I was done. Uh, same with uh, Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Noir, Naruto, uh, Full Metal Panic, and so on. I n- never look, looked back. And um, I, I figured, uh, I, I realized uh, anime had evolved, and uh, I, I, never, I never looked back 
to the anime of the early 90s and so on. I don't know if you go and watch the the old ones. Oh yeah, I uh, I have uh, kind of like a backlog catalog of older anime that I try to get to. Like right now, I'm working on Deers. Deers. Mm, yeah. Okay. So uh, I figured I should watch it instead of movies or in instead of TV series with actors, because uh, I think there is such a, a creative freedom in anime. Um, everything is possible and you have such a, a culture clash with us um, also the, the sound of the Japanese language it never gets old I really I really love this, this language um, there is no need to of tons of money I think um, to, to produce this anime you you don't need to blow uh, cars and building off like uh, Hollywood does. Mm -hmm. You just need to throw it. <laughs> and uh, I al also love uh, J-pop and J-rock. Mm, and those days, uh, if, I, if I have to speak about um, a bit about gaming, it was the moment when I started uh, playing World of Warcraft, I have to confess. Oh boy. <laughs> and, it took out most of my gaming life uh, up to uh, 2011, uh, but it was no regrets. <laughs> it was a great uh, multiplayer, uh, multi multiplayer experiences, uh, guilds, activities, and p player versus player, and crazy stuff. But it made me discover uh, some great YouTubers, uh, discover podcasting. I don't think I would have uh, discovered it uh, otherwise. Um, in those days, uh, I started college uh, in order to become a bioengineer. I don't know if you've already uh, heard of this uh, kind of study. Oh, yes. Yeah, we yes. have uh, Albany University here, and they have, uh, they have a whole section, uh, a whole wing of their university is dedicated to the sciences, although uh, they seem to be more oriented towards um, uh, the more electrical side of things. So they have okay. like uh, 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 like large hydron collider, that kind of thing. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I always read about this. <laughs> but here it's more uh, agronomical. Um, University. It was more about uh, plant uh, physiology, the, the lessons, and uh, plant plant diseases, mm -hmm. um, plant protection, uh, molecular biology. And in uh, that time, I also learned a bit of uh, Japanese on my own. Uh, of course, not the, the kanji, only uh, like. Uh, hiragana, katakana, uh, romaji, uh, in order to be able to understand some basic uh, anime uh, daily uh, conversation, mm -hmm. uh, some basic stuff about high school and so forth. Uh, after my studies, like in, in 2011, um, 
I slowly started uh, watching less and less anime, but also I, at some point later, I started uh, listening to anime pearls. Um, in Belgium, I found a few friends, a few colleagues, to share the love for the love for anime. Um, at that time, I figured I should play something else than only uh, World of Warcraft, and I I found out uh, Steam existed, and I became a huge uh, Steam fanboy. <laughs> I have to confess also. And uh, now these days, I, I feel like I'm I'm forced to to alternate every gender of uh, of game, every genre of game, like RTS, uh, FPS, RPG, racing games, uh, whatever. Mm. Uh, it's it's like uh, I have a diversity gamer card that I think I need to to renew, like every few months. <laughs> Don't know if uh, if, uh, if it's good idea. <laughs> But uh, so uh, later, recently, um, I discovered like a visual novel also, mm -hmm. also a bit of uh, VR. Um, I went through uh, several jobs, such as a laboratory technician, before I, find I found my current job. And finally, uh, last step was in 2015, when I, I figured uh, streaming websites uh, like Crunchyroll existed, uh, and I did not need anymore to take fan subs and uh, buy the DVDs, everything was there on, on the internet. And it was a, a, new, a new awakening for me for with anime. Um, started watching freely uh, anything and binge watching some series. and. Uh, getting back to my my frequency of the early days, um, listening to several podcasts and uh, uh, taking note of recommendation to better select uh, what to watch, um, and that's it. I think over the 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 past few years, I continued also gathering some music from anime I watch and and I think that's it yes that's the story of my life <laughs> it's very very detailed and very interesting too oh thank you <laughs> well uh, <clears throat> uh I guess that will, will like count it as your piece of IRL news I'll uh go over what's been going on with me as uh many know i'm currently in the process of going over applications for the co-host position um you are one of them i have actually four people signed up so all the way up until episode 514 i have okay. people who are interested in throwing their hat into the ring so every single show after this one will be a new person with a whole new set of anime to talk about news and they'll introduce themselves and 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 yeah and who knows a big, a big competition <laughs> yeah it's uh, ah, <laughs> it was surprising i didn't expect to see this many people come out of the woodwork um 
And they all seemed to come out around the same time, too. It was uh, you, and then right after you, there were like three other people, and then a fourth one showed up. And some people have been uh, falling to the wayside where they were like, well, I don't have this, and I don't have that. And I could get this, but I don't have that. And I'm kind of like, well, you need all of these things now if you want to be co-host. I can't uh, be sending you the stuff and waiting for you to get it before you can start. Besides the uh, the mic and stuff I have here would be uh, better used for someone who has like a mic of decent quality and just wants something a little more average. Because the blue snowballs are, while they are a good starter uh, microphone for podcasts, they're still nothing compared to like a Blue Yeti, which is what I use, and... Even the Blue Yeti is nothing compared to a real uh, XML mic with a soundboard and everything like that. I guess, yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have seen Wonder Woman. I went oh. and saw that on Friday with my uncle and aunt. Uh, I heard a lot of people say that it was the film to save the DC franchise. Because uh, DC has not been putting out many good films lately. And I think it was a decent film. Probably a 7 out of 10. Um, the main bad guy that Wonder Woman does eventually fight against, I thought he looked really ridiculous. Because he's supposed to be the God of War Ares. But instead he just looks like an old British dude. And even in the flashbacks, they show him as an old British dude. And that doesn't look like the God of War Ares. I mean, I've seen all sorts of different versions of him. I've seen him in, like, the animated Hercules series. I've seen him in um, different mythology films. And, of course, I've seen him in God of War, the video game series. And in all of those, he was this muscular, fire-red-haired, like, glowing red eyes and black smut face kind of like, you know, smoldering expression to him. And uh, he did not look like that in Wonder Woman. I do have to say, though, that the combat Wonder Woman has is actually pretty good, although I wish they had shown her more powerful because while she's, like, just getting into her her fighting, because this is, like, her first real event that she's involved in, um... She's like Superman, as far as I know, where she can take a bullet and it just oh. deflects right off of her. Like, it bounces off of her skin. Um, but maybe not, uh, from what I've seen. Or maybe she was gaining those powers because early on she does get grazed by a bullet um, and it does hurt her arm. Uh, so she uses a shield for a large part, which is cool, but it's definitely like Captain America-esque. And there were a lot of scenes that she uses to shield that felt very Captain America, using it to chop, using it to deflect bullets, and throwing it and bouncing it off of things. Like, yeah, it felt pretty... It's like the same, yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty Captain America. Her lasso she used really well. Like, I liked how they brought that out. Um, and in general, I loved it when she showed super strength, but again, she just didn't have the musculature for it, like, 
when she was picking up like a gigantic tank, I wanted to see like Amazon muscles on her arms and legs <laughs> and, and, you know, like, like Wonder Woman should have because she's an Amazon. But no, she just looked like a model, like trying her best to like make her arms look as beefy as she can. And they really didn't. I mean, she's very pretty, which Wonder Woman is, but she just didn't look at all intimidating. And so. do you know everything about the story from from uh, have you read it when you were a kid or what? Um oh. I watched a lot of the early films. I mean, I was someone who grew up watching a lot of cartoons and part of those cartoons were like the original Superman, uh the original Wonder Woman with her invisible jet that she flies around in. Um and like these are just animated features just with those like not even like justice league not teen titans or anything like that like just superman just batman just wonder woman just yes. aquaman <clears throat> and uh i've learned their backgrounds through those animated features which may not be the best source i'm no comic book reader i'm not a collector of those but um yeah i think i have a, a decent knowledge of Wonder Woman, and I hear a lot of comic book fans, and I saw their reviews of the movie, and they seem to all agree uh, on the points that I was a bit of a stickler on. Um, but overall, okay. it was a decent film, and I do think that if DC can pull off a wow with like a, a shocking, like, oh my gosh, this was such a great film with the Justice League then they can pull themselves out of the muck that they were in with all the other films that they had been wading through to get to this point. Okay. Um, let's see here. Other than that, oh, I did get a job offer with... Uh, oh. I actually went to apply to this moving company, Aronoff Moving, and I went to plea a driver's helper, basically someone who gets out uh, alongside the driver. They help them go over all the paperwork and helps them assemble, move, that kind of thing. Do you have the, the musculature of like an Amazon to uh, carry the, the big Def uh, boxes? I have, <laughs> I have maybe the legs of an Amazon. Um, yes, you walk a lot. Yeah, very, they're very muscular legs. In fact, anyone I've ever met has always described my legs as pillars. Um, and I've joked, I call them the pillars of autumn, uh, because they're just these very muscular legs. And it's, it's a thing that runs in the males of my family where we have these gigantic calves that really look out of place, kind of like we're Popeye, but instead of like gigantic forearms, we have gigantic calves and, uh, uh, it's really good for distance walking and climbing up hills and whatnot, but lots of power comes from our legs I could, uh, at one point, bench press 800 pounds with my legs. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pretty impressive. But um, I don't have, like, the upper body strength, but that's okay, because you have other people there who would help you. And for the most part, I'd be more at the uh, putting it together kind of thing, because I'm very good at following directions, and if you give me a set of directions, I can build something. However, when I went into the interview, the manager was there and he took my application instead of the guy who handed me it 
And after he looked at me, because I was all dressed up in this suit, because I had just come off of an interview, um, he took me into the conference room and he was like, so I see you're applying for driver's helper. How'd you like to work in the office instead? Because <laughs> he was looking over my resume and he's like, you have a lot of computer skills here. Um, and your background's more office oriented. I mean, we could put you as a driver's helper, but I think I'd like to put you someplace where I think you do better work, which I, of course, was ecstatic about. I was like, yeah, of course. I'd <laughs> love course. to do more office work. It was one of my favorite things at OFC. And that's not being sarcastic. I actually did enjoy office work, cubicle work. It's, um, it's something that was very satisfying. I also love yeah, working in, a, in an office. With mm -hmm. the colleagues who come and ask for advices on uh, computer, uh, computer use, you can always uh, have a second role as uh, like uh, almost ICT uh, help <laughs> service. Yeah, office yeah. work is great. No, and apparently they only had three people out of 155 employees who worked in the office, and one of them had, uh, I guess, quit or been fired. Uh, with the manager who was interviewing me had just come back. So uh, he was interested in getting me on as soon as possible. They did have to run a background check, so I'm just waiting to hear back from him now. On uh, tomorrow, Monday, I will be uh, calling them back anyways, or at least emailing them and thanking them for the opportunity to have been interviewed and the exciting, uh, or how exciting it is that, you know, I... I'm ready to get going because it's uh, <clears throat> it was definitely a uh, saving grace because I was coming down to the wire where either I had to get a uh, job or I had to join the military. And yeah. right now, uh, with how Trump is being, I really don't know if I want to be in the military, um, even though you, he is putting feel, uh, he's putting where he would uh, send you. Not really. Uh, I mean, not. even if I was sent to Saudi Arabia or Afghanistan or Iraq or, you know, Baghdad or whatever he would send me or wherever I'd be sent by my superiors, I'm not too worried because I was thinking of either joining the reserves, so you'd be stuck on a base, uh, doing paperwork, pushing pencils, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know really where my skills would lie. I'd probably fall mostly in grunt work. Uh, as a military person, I haven't taken the ASFAB, which is the uh, the test over here that basically places you where you can uh, go in the military. Um, but because I have an associate's, I could actually go into officer school. But you do need to get through basic and, I believe, two years of enlisted service with the military before you can go for officer school. Okay. Um, which is, it's better pay, better pay grade, better benefits, that kind of thing. It's a more stable job. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, definitely exciting. I'm not sure what the hours are, what the pay is, but I'm hoping to hear back from him come Monday. If not, then I will get in touch with him and uh, I can make this thing work and not lose, not lose my car because that was the big thing. If I wasn't able to pay for my car and its insurance, then I wouldn't be able to keep it. And without a car, it's even more difficult to get a job. And you did not find a Uber contract? Yeah, Uber turned me down. Um, that was the thing. Uh, I actually mentioned 
to someone they wanted to talk about that uh, or wanted me to mention that. I thought I mentioned this, but basically Uber turned me down because of the background check they ran and they pulled okay. up an arrest that I had back in 2012. Uh, basically, the gist of that was that an officer came to the door. He asked me questions about an investigation he was on that I didn't know about. I turned him down. He guessed, didn't believe me. He reached into the house and he grabbed my wrist. And he said that I was under arrest. And I freaked out. I slammed the door, which slammed on his arm. And I ran away. And uh, he arrested me. And because he was the deputy, not just any cop, the sheriff wasn't willing to just let it go. Uh, he was very uh, upset that his deputy got hurt, even though it was like a little bruise on his arm. Because um, we have a very old house with very thick wood doors, kind of like, it's one of those moments where you knock on the door and you say, you don't make them like they used to, because these doors are all wood, very heavy. And so he got hurt, and the judge couldn't really do anything about it. The public defendant couldn't really do anything about it and so I got a misdemeanor on my record which I'm looking into actually getting removed from my record come August by a lawyer who might be doing it pro bono yes which will help me not look so bad because no matter what people say you know they say oh we're equal opportunity employers when you have any kind of crime on your record even if it is attempted resisting arrest which is exactly what I was charged with and what I'm what I have on my record um, which is it's really silly attempted resisting arrest and you're arrested for attempting to resist arrest it's <laughs> so silly um, that it does make them look at you in a different light like wait a second you have an arrest on your record man you look more yeah. white bread than that I don't know you uh, you may you may not fit in here with all of us other non-criminals. So, yeah. Well, I believe that will do it for IRL news. I guess we can move into some industry news. And we since can. you have a couple things to talk about, why don't you get us started? Okay, I can start. Uh, first industry news. It comes from uh, Anime News Network. It's uh, an article about uh, a documentary episode that was uh, that aired on uh, the TV station NHK in Japan, and it's uh, re really uh, insight uh, about uh, about anime industry. It's an inside view. Um, that's like a financial, like, like financial uh, view of it. Uh, I don't know if you remember, maybe one or two years ago, there were articles about how, how, how little money uh, you, you earn as an, uh, an animator. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, and here they, they give once more this kind of uh, data. Like they say, it's not a dream job. Uh, it's very very long working hours, uh, poor returns. Like they say, uh, you need 3,000 illustration for uh, 30 minutes of anime, and they get only two dollars 
per illustration per animator and that way an animator only gets uh, 900 uh, US dollar per month uh, for something like 11 working day uh, working hours per day and only four days off per month but they also give uh, uh, big numbers about the industry as a whole and they say um, now anime industry industry it reached uh, 18 billion US dollar um, and it's rising year after year and I, I went and looked at uh, to compare with gaming industry uh, it's of course it's higher now it's uh, 100 billion for 2016 for the gaming industry and uh, cinema is only uh, 38 billion uh, but in this uh, documentary episode they get uh, industry leaders uh, they came and they discussed uh, the future of anime industry and some of them they said uh, there is no future for anime industry well, why well, they said the problem is yes the market size is growing but the sales uh, at the production side do not grow but what they mean is uh, production com committees uh, you, you, you've heard of them huh? they, mm -hmm. they decide uh, what is done they, they have all the cards uh, they have the, the manga, the anime, the figurines they jungle with that uh, so they say they, they hold the, the IP li licenses as well as merchandising and distribution rights uh, therefore the profits from uh, anime productions uh, does not reach uh, studios themselves and uh, they, they show some charts some graphics uh, and you, you can look at it you see uh, it's maybe 10% of the revenue that goes to the studio who made the anime that's, that's awful but it's a, it's a bit the same situation with the farmers uh, at least here in, in Europe don't know if it's the same in, in uh, America we do have uh, an issue with that, specifically with farmers who uh, make a lot of produce or uh, with cows with milk because they don't decide, they don't get to decide the prices that get set for a lot of their produce. So sometimes the government will change how much they can sell something for and they can no longer make the money that they did before and they can't pay all the hands they need to uh, work on their farms. Yes. And some products, they, the farmers, they, it's at a loss that they, they do it, at least here. And maybe the worst can be with like uh, milk, uh, like with uh, European policy for milk. It's very hard to be competitive. Or with uh, or some, foo some food like fruits and so on. Uh, there is, um, uh, how do you say? You can't sell to Russia anymore since the invasion of uh, Crimea. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, one one third of the uh, the, the, the sales for 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 our food producers, for instance. It's, it's hard for them. 
but let's go back to anime industry. They—they <laughs> <laughs> uh, they say uh, labor standards inspection office uh, will gather uh, like 250 studios, and they will find a solution to improve the workplace environment. And they give the example of uh, polygon pictures that we know. Uh, they they did uh, they made Sidonia uh, no Kishi. Uh, have you seen this one? I think yes. Yeah, Knights of Sidonia. Knights of Sidonia. Yes. And Arjun. And uh, they they say, well, we have a, a policy. We turn light off lights off at 10 p.m. to encourage uh, workers to to go back home, and the. It's 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 doing better. Uh, it's better uh, work conditions. Uh, they also, uh, as we know, use uh, extensively uh, CGI, and it it helps a lot oh with yes. the, the the manpower <laughs> needed, like thirty percent less or something like that. Mm -hmm. And but I don't think they fired people because of CGI. I think it's just they are a, a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> uh, they, they also add uh, Mitsuhisa Ishikawa, the, the co-founder, president, and CEO of well-known uh, production IG. Um, they do, of course, uh, Attack on Titan, uh, IQ, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, industry lacks people with business skills to successfully monetize the system. Well, uh, that tells everything. And it's easy to understand when you, you put everything together, when you look at, for instance, uh, Nintendo, and the bad way they monetize the, the success of their consoles right. recently. Mm -hmm. Like not producing enough uh, Switch, <laughs> stuff like that. and. Uh, I also, um, lots of time, I, I've heard stories um, with f uh, interviews of French uh, publishers where they say, ah, these, these Japanese uh, producers, they, they don't understand uh, how to make money. They, they close off so much. They, they don't want uh, anybody to... To, uh, to to share their baby, uh, they how, how to say that they they are overprotective. Mm -hmm. They they are afraid of uh, illegal downloading, so they 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 uh, break for years before um, streaming was possible, uh, before um, downloading legally an episode was possible. And maybe they, they lost uh, tons of money because of that. Well, in, in the episode, they also talk about maybe using AI in the future to, to draw. <laughs> they don't go in, in details about that. And they talk about uh, pushing for lowering the, the tax on, on the production. But they, they don't talk about the deals with the American streaming channels, such as Netflix and Amazon. Mm, I don't know if it's a solution or if, if it's part of the problem. Uh, 
Do you have an idea? <laughs> an idea? Uh, not really. I. That's a uh, pretty big above me. How I can uh, try to come up with such a simple solution to solve it. Yeah, it's true. But we we heard uh, they are they are they now have uh, a seat on the production committees. Uh, they have a word on the table, but what does that mean in the end uh, for the for the money? We don't know. Uh, maybe it's in other articles. Anyway, uh, if they would uh, I think also if they would produce uh, less anime per season, <laughs> maybe it would help. I don't know. Because uh, who can watch uh, all of that uh, anyway? The the number they they manage to produce it's crazy. Yeah, and I think they should focus a bit more on quality instead of quantity because a lot of the anime they put out is actually unfinished it's not it's still in a rough draft and that when it gets a blu-ray that's when it's all finished uh, a lot of comparisons have been held where yes. they showed an anime that had been streamed or an anime that had been shown on tv and then the anime in blu-ray form and they show like really drastic differences between character models Coloring, lighting, all yes. sorts of different aspects. It was for Mekaku City actors, I think. They they made the comparison. Yep. And and on my side, I, I watched the the streams on, on Crunchyroll, I think. And oh, it was great to me. It was oh, it was beautiful. This anime, <laughs> I don't I don't get it. But okay, I I did not buy the the Blu-ray to compare. And uh, there is maybe also. The possibility in the future that they will go more and more towards uh, crowdfunding and alternative ways of financing and that seems to be the main way people have been doing things lately is crowdfunding kickstarters and patreon yes and uh, when you look at uh, what's done with manga uh, i know that we have french um, publishers that go to japan and they meet mangaka that got maybe refused in the, in the big publications, but that, that um, publish online on, on their website. They go to them and they, they ask, hey, sign with us directly uh, a contract, and we bypass the, all this, this committee and so forth. And it seems to work well. And these this mangaka, they are glad, they are so glad to be recognized uh, in French in France and I think they get a good good amount of money that way I right. don't know if we will lose something if we bypass the, the classic method yeah that's it okay alright well my <clears throat> one piece of news that I have here is actually about idols as we know Japan has quite the obsession with idols uh, singers, models, that kind of thing. And we've all heard about the stories about an idol being caught with a fan or in a relationship and fans going bonkers over it because, you know, apparently fans think that idols are theirs and that they own them somehow because they are a fan and they get a little bit crazy and Japan's a little weird when it comes to the idol industry. Sure. Um, <laughs> 
so much so that they have uh, idols uh, sign clauses that basically say that they can't uh, be involved in relationships. Well, recently, Miniature Garden, which is an idol unit based in Osaka, is actually splitting up following such an incident. However, the interesting thing here is not that an idol was involved with a fan. In fact, none of the Garden Miniature Garden's five vocalists themselves were actually involved with a, a relationship outside of the confines of their contract. It's actually one of the idol's mothers. See, on June 6th, there was a Miniature Garden official blog post where the author, who identified himself as the group's manager, said that uh, he received a late-night phone call from Ramu Takanuchi, one of the group's members. Initially, the manager was not too surprised to hear Ramu crying because she often called him to seek or vent emotional support on a bad day at school or an argument with her brother or her parents. However, this time was different because Ramu said that she had been looking through her mother's phone and discovered that she'd been in secret yet frequent communication with a male miniature garden fan. Now, no. before I go any further, I just want to say, what are you doing on your mother's cell phone? I mean, what are you doing looking through her stuff? It's, I know contractual obligations be damned, but... Um, when you do that kind of stuff here, there have been parents who have sued their children, older children, for looking through their stuff, opening mail, their phones, that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of times, of course, this would lead to um, altercations where uh, the parent was caught doing something they weren't supposed to, cheating or you know, embezzling money or something like that. And the parent got upset with the child or the relative. So... Don't be going looking through your parents' cell phone. Don't do it. It's not good. Unless your mother gave her cell phone to you, in which case, you know, that's her fault. But still, if she had, like, saw her mother's cell phone, picked it up, and started, like, going through it, that's a no-no. No, 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 no. I won't let, I won't let my daughter, if I ever do have one, um, look through my cell phone. That won't, that won't happen. Also, passwords. You lock your cell phone. Do that. In any case, the manager, as the talent agency's arrangement with Miniature Garden, was very troubled because the arrangement basically strictly prohibited not only the idols, but also their guardians from having any personal relationships with fans. Now, when the mother was confronted about these allegations, originally she claimed that she and the fan had only conversed about the daughter's well-being, but the screen captures that Ramu had taken told a different story. In one where the mother and the fan would frequently badmouth the four other miniature garden vocalists, as well as the group's fans, including those with a special fondness for Ramu. So, had that been the extent of the problem, the manager still thinks things could have been patched up. Unfortunately... As part of their griping about other members of the group, the mother and the fan insinuated that the singers were involved in indecent relationships with their fans. In her shock at discovering the messages, Ramu mentioned the accusations to two other members of Miniature Garden, and this is where things went bad. 
The manager asserts that these claims of wrongdoing on the part of the other idols are completely baseless, of course. But having such rumors spread about them behind their backs has damaged the bonds of trust and interpersonal, interpersonal chemistry between the idols. In response, the manager says that Miniature Garden will permanently disband on July 17th, ending its three-plus years of life as a musical entity. Ramu herself has decided immediately to retire from show business altogether. Meanwhile, the other three members have decided they will transition immediately into other such projects to continue their careers solo and participate in other idol units. So, yeah, that uh, that's a pretty toxic situation. That's sad, yes. Yeah, a lot of uh, people have come out course shocked at the idol industry acting as weird as it has always been and some people saying that why couldn't have this been dealt with privately because it seemed like a very personal problem that could have just been wrapped up in in one of many Japanese ways of saying things you know we thank you for your uh for your patronage but we've decided to end and not give any you know outlying details as to what happened but now these details have been put out there these rumors and well fans don't let things go let me tell you that (laughs) (laughs) it's true and i I try to remember a a story recently that i where the trigger of the all the drama was also uh, reading uh, a text note on a on a mobile or mm-hmm. on a phone, but, but I can't remember. It's a it's common classical uh, trigger, I think, in the stories. Okay. Well, uh, why don't you uh, hit us up with your next and final piece of news? Okay. So it's a small one uh, that will go with my... Uh, my anime review it's just to say that uh, there was announcement of uh, two new uh, anime films for Hibike Euphonium Sound Euphonium they will air in uh, 2018 and there will also be yes a novel a sequel novel to the story uh, Maybe you should avoid uh, watching the movie that is already out. It's a summary of the first season. And avoid the, the, the movie that will soon come out. I think that is a summary and flashback of the second season. And le- uh, lastly, there will be also a movie about uh, the, the second year of the main character but we will come to it in the review. That's it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, with that, I guess we can get into our reviews now. And uh, I'll start up first. I'll be reviewing Overlord. So... 
Ever since the successful release of the anime Sword Art Online, many mangaka, authors, and artists have been attempting to recreate the experience. I mean, sure. just imagine being stuck inside a virtual world where magic and magical beasts can exist. That sounds pretty exciting. Yes, involving uh, VR or not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, as I said, many have attempted, but few have succeeded in capturing the SAO crowd. Being a fan of the first season of Sword Art Online, I too was one of the many whose attention they sought. With All Horizon's first season, was able to accomplish this, and now I can add another name to the list. Overlord. Set in the fictional world of Yildegris, Yildegris, it's the life tree, it's hard to pronounce, the yes. <laughs> anime begins with the shutdown, the shutting down of the servers. Our main protagonist, a man who we only know by his character name, Eins Ulgraun, <laughs> has decided to stay on to the very last and take in the guild that he and his friends built. A guild that was reserved for non-human characters only. Eins's undead lich, Lord fitting right in. Ein sits down with the guild's servants and protectors to wait out the remaining time reminiscing upon the guild's accomplishments. But as the countdown ends, Eins finds that the game has not ended. Even more so, he is unable to contact any moderators or use some of the basic features of the game. As these things sink in, Eins is confronted with a brand new issue. All the NPCs around him have begun to act on their own. However, without freaking out, he is able to quickly assess the situation and remain in control. Eins now finds himself trapped within the game. But as I said, he remains calm about the whole thing. He goes on to test what he can and cannot do, including groping the chest of a nearby NPC. Sure. Uh, her name is Alibedo, whose background he actually rewrote in the last moments of the server still being on, so that she's actually madly in love with him. Because uh, before, the background was written in a way that made her a bitch, which... Um, in Japan can mean a few different things, but I believe in the uh, connotation of the game, it meant that she slept around. So, uh, he calls for all the guardians of the guild to meet with him, where he orders them to scout around the guild, reinforce the defenses, and report back to him on what they find. Eins himself eventually leaves the guild castle, where he confronts human NPCs who have begun to all act on their own, much like the NPCs in his castle. He even disguises himself as a human adventurer to get closer to discovering what exactly is going on, and find if he can locate any other players who may have become trapped like him. It's during these outings, Eins has one of the best moments in the series where he confronts some quote-unquote bad NPCs, and together with one of his maids, he defeats them in some really brutal ways. One thing this series makes quite clear is that Eins is no pushover. 
and is likely the strongest person in all of the game. Be it casting the highest level of dark magic or slicing an ogre in half with a broadsword, Eins finds no problem he can't handle. Until, yeah, until later, that is, when one of the guardians named Shaltir falls prey to what is known as a world-class item and becomes controlled. Eins does eventually confront Shaltir in battle, where his limits are tested. But in the end, he prevails and is able to free her from the mind control. As a matter of fact, almost all the battles in this series were so good, even the ones that did not involve Eins personally, because while Eins is the end-all be-all in combat, his servants and guild guardians are pretty up there on the totem pole of power. Speaking of whom, in all there are about seven guardians who we are introduced to, two that are mentioned in passing. There is of course Alibeto, an NPC who guarded the throne room and oversees all the other guardians. Due to Ayn's tampering with her character description, or her vanilla text, she is obsessed with Ayn's to the point of worshipping him. She freely allows Ayn's access to her body, and can be seen making plans for having his children. How an undead lynch lord can impregnate someone is beyond me, though. <laughs> what exactly Alibeto is, I can't say for sure. Her appearance seems to be a mix of a devil and an angel, so possibly a fallen angel, but I've heard that it may be something more animalistic. We also never get to see her actually fight, but being the overseer of the other guardians, we should assume she is not someone you want to mess with. Shaltir Bloodfallen is next, the high vampire who eventually falls under mind control. She and Alibeto dislike one another and often bicker, but if there is one thing they both love, it's Ainz. Shaltir is, only, is the only guardian who is ever actually seen in combat, and seeing as how she nearly holds her own against Ainz, it's obvious she possesses tremendous power. Her usual appearance is that of a busty lolly in gothic lolita fashion, but that is just a facade, however as she shows us her true colors when decimating a human outpost, and those true colors are a bit more ugly. The remaining guardians, whose names are uh, Crocutus, uh, Demigur, Arabella Fiona, Marabella Fiona, and Pandora's actor, all have smaller bit roles comparatively. They serve to provide commentary and comic relief at times, as well as much more serious outlooks. Heck, even the maids and the head butler do more than the majority of the guardians. Which makes this season feel like a good deal of introduction. To the point, we only ever see what we can assume are true antagonists at the very end of the season. Spoilers, it's the church. Hmm. Big shocker, I know. Still, for a season of setup, this series did a damn good job of keeping us entertained and on the edge of our seats. Be it the awesome fighting scenes or the funny interactions between Ainz and his guardians, this is one series I suggest anyone who likes the Trapped in a Video Game anime to check out. The animation is actually done by Madhouse. Yeah, same, 
for yes. some, some nice combat. Yes. Yes. The same studio that's worked on things like Death Note, Hunter x Hunter 2011, and No Game No Life. I've yet to not enjoy the animation of a series done by Madhouse. Even the few series they worked on that I didn't like for other reasons. Uh, looking at you, Needless. Voice acting is so good. It's just delicious deep voices everywhere I turn, from Ainz, who is voiced by Satoshi Hino, to Sebastian, who is the butler, Sebastian. Sebastian, Yeah, but his his name is Sebastian. Okay. But they call him Sebastian. So, you know, clever. Who's actually Hmm. voiced by Shigeru Chiba. I was finally able to escape the non-stop combo of younger voice actors. Even the female voice actors were great. Alibeto in particular was voiced by Yumi Hara, whose performance was bloody brilliant. And of course, my favorite character. This was a bit difficult, as I really liked Ainz for his level-headed decisions and his overpowered character. But when it comes down to it, I'm a sucker for crazy girls, and Alibeto takes the cake. She's beautiful, powerful, obsessed with Ainz to the point she has a body pillow of him. Um, Speaking of which, I actually have a body pillow of her. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But this doesn't mean she's not willing to share, as she agrees that Shaltir will be a part of Ainz's harem. The only argument is on the point of who will be his wife and who will be his mistress. While we don't see her in fight, she does scare the shit out of some humans who attacked Ainz with an overpowering aura. Plus, she looks great in a full set of armor or just her normal outfit. I'm giving Overlord a download it now. Nice. So what have you got for us? Okay, on my side, I have I have the Hibike Euphonium, Sound Euphonium, Season 1 and 2. Uh, so that's a show done by KyoAni and Kyoto Animation. Don't know if you've seen a lot of their shows. Oh yes, uh, Chunibyo. Um, Demo Koigashitai. Yeah, uh, and... Love uh, Chunibyo and also Delicious. Hyoka, one of my favorite. I don't think I've seen this one. Uh, back in oh, the you day, Fumofu, uh, look. I think. Oh, yeah. And, and Suzumiya Haruino Yutsu. I did see it, but I was confused because I watched it in its original broadcast format, which um, did it in an order that didn't make sense because it wasn't chronological. Mm, I think I've ol- only seen one, uh, half of it also. And uh, free, but free, it's a bit boring. Uh, I don't think uh, I or, or you are the target. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think boys and, and speedos are what uh, they're trying to go for for us. Sure. And so the, the features of this, this studio, I think it's the, the fluidity of the animation, the, the high frame rate. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, most of the studios, they they use uh, frame modulation. Uh, they only uh, increase the speed of frames um, when there is action. Um, otherwise, it's three times the same frame, and then eight times this, this frame, 
and, and you have one second, but I think it's a higher frame rate. So uh, this, this show, it's available uh, everywhere on uh, Crunchyroll. Uh, the source is uh, a novel. That's, that's hard to understand why, why uh, this kind of show, uh, this kind of story in a novel. You, you would maybe need uh, a CD uh, with the novel, with the music, but maybe they do, I don't know. Uh, it, it aired, uh, the first season was in uh, spring 2015, uh, second season winter 2016. I, I watched it uh, over the second half of 2016. Uh, very slowly, one episode per week. It was great, um, but the the genre of this anime it's music because uh, euphonium it's the name of a music instrument. It's like like a tuba. Um, it's uh, an anime about uh, high school, uh, a brass band composed of mostly girls, and uh, having them train. Uh, to to compete um, at the end. Um, I don't know. If I, you said me. You're not a big fan of these uh, music shows. I don't know if you've seen some of them. Also, a uh, slice of life drama kind of things. I you won't yes. typically find me watching, which is funny because um, Hyoka, which is another Kyoani. Um, uh, that I watched uh, is that it's slice of life, but it has a mystery element to it, which was always nice. Um, uh, some of the other ones I've watched were like uh, Beyond the Boundary, um, oh, this one. Amagi stopped. Brilliant Park. I want this one, but it's not available. Oh. And uh, the uh, Phantom World, Mydrid Color Phantom World. I'm not seen. But uh, yeah, so. Um, when it's typically involved with uh, uh, music, I don't uh, get too much involved in it. Um, it, it reminds me a bit of K-On! in that sense, yes. because they did have a, a musical element in K-On! The band, yes. Yes. But on my side, uh, there was, uh, what, what I've seen uh, as um, anime about music, there was the Kin Hero no Korda, was the Golden Court, something like that, uh, back in the days. It's it's a bit uh, it, it's a bit uh, it it has gotten old. It, uh, it was not so, so great, but there was the Nodame Contabile. This one was crazy. It made me uh, really love this kind of anime about music, so, uh, and no, there was a lot of uh, humor in this one, like the Nodame. The is a girl and uh, she's she's a bit uh, a bit crazy a bit weird and in in Nodame Contabile they end up going in in Paris uh, there I even have a, a screenshot of Nodame in a um, train station in Brussels and you can see that they maybe they they did some uh, repérage uh, maybe they went there or they found a photo because you this, it's like that. Uh, you have the, um, the display on the top. Uh, it's uh, départ uh, for trek, means uh, departure. It looks like that. Mm -hmm. But well, Nodame Contabile, it's, it's a crazy show. 
and also uh, more recently the Shigatsu wa Kimi no Uso, uh, Your Lie in April, April, April. Uh, was great also, and much, much darker, I think, uh, I would say, um, sh Shigatsu, because in, in this one, you, you see the main character on stage having troubles uh, in uh, making bad noise, noise uh, in front of the whole public. But here in uh, Hibike Euphonium, it's much more nice. It's, uh, you, you won't see the girl uh, really uh, mess up on stage. Uh, it might be uh, sad or, or happy at the end when the judges, they say, you, you got this, the gold or silver or what. But for uh, someone like me, I can't say that they, they did not play perfectly. perfectly. But so, this show, uh, we have the, the main character. Uh, her name is Omae Kumiko, so Kumiko-chan. She's the euphonium player, um, the main one. She, at the beginning, she wants to play something else than, else than the euphonium, but she will stick to it. She's good at it. Um, she's voiced by uh, Tomoyo Kurosawa, and uh, it's n I don't think it's a very well-known voice actress. Um, I had only heard her in, uh, in um, Black Bullet, I think, as the as the blonde girl, and I, I love her, her voice, because uh, you said last episode uh, uh, with um, Jitsuwa Watashiwa that they, they all so sound the same, these voice actors, and uh, here, here in this show I think they, they choose maybe new voice actors, new seiyus for the main girls, uh, and it's it sounds fresh, at least, at least to me. Uh, but um, the other characters, the, the senpai, uh, they, they will be more, uh, more well-known voice actors. Like the, the group leader for the brass band, it's uh, Saori Hayami. It's, of course, the uh, Azuki Miho in uh, Bakuman, or uh, Ononoki-chan in Monogatari, I think, and uh, Shirayuki Hime in, uh, in this show. But, well, uh, I would say the, the story, it begins with uh, uh, a flashback of the previous year, where um, there was a lot of frustration because they, they did not get um, the best Price they did they, they kind of kind of lost the competition when um, Kumiko was in middle school last year middle school she's watching the judges say no they they lost and she's like well I expected that and next to her there is uh, Reina Reina uh, one of her bandmates. And she's crying. She's so frustrated. Um, and Kumiko says something uh, insensitive, and uh, she 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 gets she gets her uh, brass her bandmate angry. And yeah, 
it was a mistake. She she did not know that that girl was so invested in this this band, and it's it's a shame that she was not uh, at that point. But well, it's the the present, and it's the first day at the high school, and she's in front of a mirror and she's sizing her breasts. She's like, uh, she 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 says, ah, it's sadder. My breasts did not get bigger, and I was like, is it is it this kind of anime? <laughs> but it's good. It's uh, it's it's fine. It's only this scene. <laughs> And a few scenes, but uh, it's not an anime about that. <laughs> and so she 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 starts at high school, and she she meets the the band, uh, the brass band that is in place, with all the the senpai, and uh, she or she directly figures out uh, they they play really badly. They are they are so bad. Uh, I I want to join them them. But in some way, she at the end she she become a part of it, and it will be the the, the whole story. It will be about um, training with these girls. Uh, it's individual and group training. They they will have the the help of uh, an advisor, like a teacher, a teacher, mm -hmm. uh, Taki Sensei. Is like a really, uh, really gifted dude can help them. They, they say to him, "We are, we are ready. Uh, we are dedicated. We, we want to win at the national level." I will. I don't think I need to to spoil uh, which which competition they will win or lose or if they will lose. <laughs> but uh, that's this kind of story. With uh, a goal and a team, I I always like this kind of anime. Uh, like my favorite is uh, Shirobako. Well, it's it's teamwork. So you make an anime as as a team. You have the the main girl and the team. And here it's the same. You have uh, Kumiko and uh, the the girls of her her age, uh, Hazuki, uh, Sapphire. You have the, the senpai, uh, Asuka senpai. Uh, the the euphonionist, the other euphonionist, and she's uh, admired by Kumiko. Um, you have Reina. Reina. Uh, she she's feared by uh, Kumiko because she she's ashamed of what what she said to her, like in in the flashback last year. Uh, but maybe she will become friend with her, and and as we go on, there will be some kind of small, cute uh, love stories, like uh, love triangles, almost. It will never take the the first uh, place in the in the team of the anime, but s some nice cool stories, uh, well placed, I think. Uh, there is also a big team of the animates uh, understanding uh, the, the senpai. What happened last year? Why are uh, a number of senpai gone? And for, for Kumiko, it's understanding uh, Asuka, Asuka senpai. Uh, and this will lead to very emotional scenes where uh, there will be 
arguing or discussion about um, among these two, and uh, and uh, tears will flow. And I have to admit, they they also flowed for for me <laughs> <laughs> in this situation. Can't hold it in these uh, emotional scenes. But but this this anime, uh, as I said in the beginning, it's it's Kyoani. Uh, it's great animation. Uh, you can see it in even in the, the opening uh, song. You have the kind of uh, camera movement where the, the camera gets closer or farther to the the whole group of girls playing uh, their instruments. And I, I read that um, this kind of camera movement it's very hard to do in, in uh, anime. But they are used to it. They they did it for Chunibyo. They, if you remember, there was a, um, a 360 degree uh, rotation in an, an opening or uh, around the characters. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Uh, when they play, there is all sorts of great shots, uh, close shots, uh, shots of instruments. Uh, everything moves. It's not uh, half as and if there is CGI, uh, it's well done, and I don't uh, I don't re remark it. Uh, same with the backgrounds, you have lot of lots of details, objects. I always take a few screenshots for my wallpaper from these Kyoani shows. You have some some great uh, teachers' rooms uh, full of objects. You have the the city views when they come back from school. The, the river, when they uh, sit on the side of the river and they play their instruments. You have the, the music sheets, with uh, you they zoom on it and you see the drawings in different colors that the, the girls have made on the music sheets. <laughs> uh, and same with character design. Uh, it's, it's a bit less sharp uh, when you see it in front of the, the beautiful background. But I think it's very elegant, there's their way to draw. And most of it, that's what stood out to me was the Kumiko's hair. Don't know what's, what is it, but it's, it's, it was very original to me, this, this kind of hair cut. Uh, some more context. Uh, there is the music uh, composed by Matsuda Akito. Uh, he also did uh, Jitsuwa Watashiwa, but uh, I I've not heard of uh, this this track. But I I bought um, earlier this year the the original soundtrack for Sound Euphonium on I think on Amazon.co.jp, mm -hmm. and there are some some great main themes, but it's not exceptional. Uh, for, the, uh, for the time being, it, it did not struck me as usually exceptional, like some tracks uh, from Nodame Contabile, like uh, it's never gets old, some of these tracks. Go listen to uh, Nodame Rhapsody, it's crazy, crazy music. Uh, but you have on this CD the, um, the main piece that they practice as a brass band, uh, for the concours, it's uh, Mikazuki no Mai. It's a dance of the crescent moon. Um, 
what else to say? There is a lot of emotion in this anime, some kokuhaku, some love confessions. You, you worry about some characters, uh, about some conflicts, um, some intense tear, tear shedding, as I said. Uh, I, I really loved the, the second opening song, I mean the, the, the second ending song, the one for the second season, um, when it was uh, animated, but the, the full version maybe not so great, because it's, it's a bit weird. That's uh, a G-pop song, but you have a um, lot of brass instruments in it, like euphonium and so on, and it's, it's a bit eerie. Also, the having the four, the four main girls singing in it, you, you notice that they are not true uh, dedicated singers. They are seiyu first. Uh, last piece of context was also a great anime to uh, discuss um, some some uh, some concepts about uh, playing a trumpet. So there are there are multiple trumpet players with uh, a colleague of mine who is playing trumpet. Was like f uh, asking him, "Hey, you see, in a, in, a, in a Japanese anime, I've seen it. It works that way. Is it true?" And the dude has never seen a, a Japanese anime, and <laughs> and he tells you, uh, well, you know, it's it's, uh, it's dangerous. If you are not careful, you can lose a, a teeth playing a trumpet. Oh, that's that's hard. Mm -hmm. But well, I think I can I can come to a conclusion and say that uh, it's of course uh, download now. It was one of the one of my favorites among the ones I've seen last year. If you if you like music shows, if you like uh, a bit of cute love stories, uh, some some uh, life, uh, uh, as you said, some uh, slice of uh, life, slice of life. That's it. Self improvement and some some team stories. That's your anime. That's it. Yeah, I was actually thinking back to the closest that I've come to a musical anime, and it was something that Ichigo actually uh, mentioned as well among his favorite musical anime, and it's Razafon. Ah, this one, yes. Yeah. It's a great uh, original soundtrack also. Yeah. Some, some weird uh, pieces of music, so they, they like experimentation with with mm -hmm. sound yes yep it's probably because it it's a mecha anime with aliens and drama and romance in it and so there's a very strange like evangelion-esque moments to it especially the ending yes. um mm -hmm. and so the music really uh it picks up in there i mean even the uh the mechs themselves fight by singing yes and you see the waves Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, yes. So that's probably the closest I've ever gotten to watching a uh, a musical anime. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for another episode of Anime Pulse. I thank everyone for listening. And, of course, I welcome anyone to uh, provide feedback on what they thought of our 
guest host for today. Um, yeah. I, uh, I hope the my pronunciation is bearable. I hope no one has uh, is is ears bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope that I I wish good luck to the the other participants. I I thank uh, Joseph for giving me the opportunity. And of You're course, welcome. for continuing to share the the anime love for, since five, four years. Yes, so, some dedication. And thank of you. course, I. Uh, do hope that everyone gives fair constructive criticism but nothing harsh um, that goes for any of our participants uh, there in the past uh, when I did this there were a few people a couple individuals in particular who were very upset that they didn't get uh, picked um, one namely actually harassed uh, Rio so I remember Yes. Yeah. So we're looking for just fair, constructive criticism or, you know, praise, you know, just anything as long as it's nice. Um, I mean, if you do have something negative to say, try to make it in a way that is uh, constructive, like I said, or, you know, not like just saying like you suck or something like that. That's <laughs> that doesn't help the situation. Um, and as always, keep watching, keep listening and keep the anime love strong.